Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast for 24-7 Sports. I'm Bobby Darren, and I'm joined by national recruiting analyst Brian Doan. Uh, we're here to talk Gavin Winstead. Recru- recruitment, commitment, uh, explosion. Uh, what, 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 what can you describe it as, Brian? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's an interesting way. If you had to pick a word, it, it's tough, uh, miraculous, something, you know, it's something they needed. It's something that as you're putting together not only a class, but trying to rebuild the program. For years upon years, it's, you know, can you get the quarterback? Can you get the quarterback? Can you get the quarterback? And, you know, they got the quarterback, right? And, you know, you've got to get to December, which you would expect. Um, They did an unbelievable job with him. I know, you know, there were questions. Sean Gleason had to land a quarterback, the offensive coordinator, and, and he did. And I think a big part of it is when you go back and look at the season and his creative play calling and, how much he did with, let's just say, little. Um, I, I think it all goes into it. But look, if I'm a if I'm a Rutgers fan, and this kid just committed, and you get Gavin Winsat, who's a top hundred player. I think what is he, number three dual threat quarterback? Which yeah. you know, in today's game, you want guys that can not only throw it but can stress the defense with your legs. I, I don't, you know, I, I wrote it for the Scarlet Nation site. I, I don't know of a more significant recruit in Greg Schiano's tenure, whether it's the first time or this time. I mean, cause you have a lot of other pieces and things are looking really good, but it's always who's the quarterback. Yeah. And you know, Gavin Wimstead, like you said, number three, uh, dual threat, number 91 in the country, according to our 24 seven sports rankings. Um, he's also, you know, he's the highest ranked recruit, our quarterback recruit Rutgers ever pulled in. I guess the best we can liken it to in what you said with big time recruits is Tom Savage. But, uh, you know, this kid has one more. He's been 20, 24 and three in his two years as a starter. You remember back Savage was more of a combine king um, and really made his mark on that circuit with the potential and, you know, the, the, the measurables. But Wimsat seems like he's the whole package. I mean, uh, is this a kid who can come in and change the program right away, Brian? Well, I mean, that's that's got to be the plan, right? And, you know, it's a, it's a lot of pressure to put on a kid who's going to come in as a freshman. And we'll see what happens with the quarterback play, you know, not only at spring practice, which I'm, I'm guessing they'll get to at some point, and then, you know, the season and, and see if anybody really develops and, and comes out and takes it there. But, yeah, I mean, when you have a kid ranked in the top 100, when you have a quarterback who, you know, is the number three dual threat quarterback – the expectation is he's the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And right. and it may take a year you go in. You, you don't know how kids are going to react um, to being away from home and learning the playbook and, and all that other stuff. And, and there's some building that still has to go on in the program. But listen, the idea is where he's ranked, the way we do our rankings, he's, you know, in theory, a – late third round, early fourth round NFL draft prote- uh, projection. So, mm-hmm. you know, Bobby, you, you've watched Rutgers football quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to sit here and say, boy, that quarterback position has been one of stability <laughs> and one that has really played well for the last decade. I mean, this is what they needed in this class, right? Everybody was excited about, you know, the receivers, the offensive linemen, 
you know, whether it's Anthony Johnson, the, the linebacker from Philly, but at the end of the day, the dude who has the ball in his hand on every play, they didn't have that guy. And there was a lot more pressure to get a quarterback who can play early because a, you didn't take one in 21 and B, you didn't get one in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So they needed to, to do something like this. And listen, you, you give them all the credit in the world because you went, you know, let, let's put it this way. If Kentucky came into New Jersey and got a highly rated quarterback, people would be like, how does Kentucky come into New Jersey and get that kid? So Rutgers, who really has no history of recruiting in Kentucky, goes into Kentucky and gets that kid. And, you know, when when his name first surfaced, he kind of looked at it, and I guess I'm a little jaded by the history of quarterback recruiting. You know, I, I don't think through- jaded. I think it's more realistic. <laughs> going through the years when when they're going after the blank rank, Blake Rankins of the world, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm not even going to get into all the who guys they got. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, you know, these are the guys we had to kind of be like, well, you know, they're they're they have some upside, they have potential, but uh, I mean, this is another level. And you know, we saw this when Tom Savage committed like the first time around. You know, it really helped with recruiting. Brian, you see this covering recruiting in such a broad landscape. What can this commit do for the rest of the class? I mean, can it just be you know four star, four star, highly ranked guy across the board? Well, yeah, I mean. You know, first of all, they've they've gotten, you know, a fair number of four stars already in this class. And what it does is this is a kid who is going to be one of the leaders of your program. And, you know, Bobby, I think you and I spoke about it, you know, just in one of our phone conversations. And I think, you know, you, you did something on it on the site. But this is different than usually how quarterback recruiting goes. Usually you get the quarterback early and then he goes and gets everybody. Right. Well, they went and got the offensive linemen. They went and got the receivers. They went and got the running back. Mm-hmm. And what's left? The quarterback. Right. And so it was like, hey, Gavin, all these pieces were put together and you're the you're the last piece, so jump aboard. And I think that's what happened. That was the Rutgers message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't just help now. It you, It allows you to go into the 23 class and be like, Yo, you want to catch passes from this kid? You you want to block for this kid? Hey, you know, we got the piece now on offense that is the most important position probably in all of sports. We got that in place here. Um, by the way, you know, you want to come play defense here and help? So it can really help with everything. And, and you know, what, what, Rutgers has, what, about the sixth or seventh class in the country now? And so, yeah, and so you know, you look at that and all of a sudden it's, you know, they're, they're not just doing it with a couple local kids. They get him, they, they get the receiver out of Florida. Who's a highly rated kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got an offensive lineman from the Midwest. They're doing well with a tight end from the Midwest. And mm-hmm. so you start looking and, and the momentum is building. And, and I go back to look, we all know Greg Shiano could recruit. That was the one thing, you know, listen, he was able to recruit, um, his first time around when he was at Ohio state, he was the recruiter of the year, I believe one year and the second year he, he finished right there. And, and he was the one who was getting a lot of the, 
you know, really high level kids to Ohio State, the five stars and stuff. So you always knew. And Bobby, you, you've known him for a long time. You know he can recruit, mm-hmm. but you know you always wanted to get that quarterback, and you and you got him. And now he's got the Big Ten that he can talk about. Mm-hmm. He has a history of sending kids to the NFL, but you needed the quarterback, right? That, how does the program take the next step? The, mm-hmm. the, you take the next step with the quarterback, and and so they now have that piece in place and give a ton of credit to Sean Gleason because, you know, he doesn't do a ton of the recruiting, but mm-hmm. his job was to go get a quarterback, and they they got the one they wanted. I guess that's the best way to put it. They got the one they wanted. And, Brian, you mentioned, you know, Gleason and uh, Shiano in this recruitment. Augie Hoffman also played a big part, and I know you know him quite well from his time as a high school coach at St. Joseph's. Um, what makes him a special recruiter? Because I don't know if people realize the role he's played in some of these recruitments, particularly this one. Um, what really makes him stand out? And, you know, he's a guy that just made the jump from high school to college. Yeah, and he's a guy that was going to, you know, if it wasn't going to be Rutgers, he was going to BC, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he was going to be on a college staff. And I think, you know, so I got to know Augie when um, he got the job at St. Joe's Montvale, right? And I remember the first time I went up there, and I think Tony Karsich had retired or something or became the AD, whatever it was. And I go up to, you know, see some of the kids at St. Joe's Montvale and really talk to Augie for the first time. And, you know, there's certain people that when you talk to them for the first time, it's comfortable and you just feel like you've known them for a long time and mm-hmm. you can sit there and, and it's easy to relate to them and, and the, you know, they're smart and charismatic and that's what he was. I mean, anytime I would go up to St. Joe's Montvale or anytime I would call him and I would need something with the kids when they were going through recruiting when he was at Montvale, he was just always, um, he was honest and he was easy to deal with and he was comfortable. And, you know, this may shock people, but, you know, there's probably some recruiting that goes on with the Catholic schools in New Jersey to get kids, mm-hmm. you know, they don't just show up. And, right you know, he turned them into a national power. So you knew that kids believed in him and that he had an honesty about him. And, and so I think it just was the natural progression to, to get him to college. And, and you just continue on with that. He just, he knows what he's doing. It sounds like he likes what he's doing from talking to the kids that he's recruit, that he recruits. And, you know, he's, He's always been energetic. And look, he's a guy that played at a high level in college and, and, and got a shot in the NFL. So he knows um, what high-level football is, and he can talk to the kids about that as well. So he, he can relate on a lot of different levels. Yeah, heck of a start for him, you know, at, at Rutgers um, in this regard. And, you know, I, I, a couple of our, our readers were asking questions, and, and I didn't know how to comment on it. Uh, our RUZ91, Brian, he asked, any thoughts on kids who may not have been aware of, we may not have been aware of that may consider Rutgers now with Wimsett committed? Could Rutgers use this to go after guys' new targets in, in the fall, and, and, or I mean in the summer and through the fall? Without question, they can use it, but it goes back to what I said before. I think, you know, you'll you'll get a chance to look at some things in 23, and a lot of the identification has taken part, taken place in 22. Now you're going to have more of it take place, you know, with some camps coming up, with some with some states ending football in the next month, with some 
having camps going on. Uh, you know, some more kids will be identified. But you're also, listen, we've talked about it before. Let's see what the scholarship situation is going to be and how many they're going to be able to take before right. you start going crazy on who they're going to bring in. But, you know, look, at all of a sudden it's Moses Walker, right? Can you get him? Can you get Jacob Allen? Can you get the tight end out of Ohio? Um, all three of those guys are, are going to notice and see what's going on. And, you know, they know. And listen, if, if anybody has paid attention to Twitter, um, you know what this has meant with not only prospects, and but also kids that are committed. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the McCourty twins tweeting about it. So a lot of people are paying attention to this. And, and that's what happens when you get a quarterback, because like I said, he's probably, you know, the quarterback's the most important position in all of sports. And so to land a kid of this caliber, which Rutgers has never done before, um, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a reason your message board was buzzing for the last week when there was, when there was some chatter that this could be coming to a close. And, and, you know, a lot of anticipation leading up to it. And and now that he's committed, I you know, people will say, well, can they keep him and stuff like that? And and what's your take on it? Uh, you know, the, with, with this time, you know, no official visits yet in place. Um, the dead period is expected to be lifted, but it hasn't. How do you see it playing out maybe with with guys flipping or, or stuff like that? And and, you know, this one seems solid, but um, just overall, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think. You know, there's no reason to think it's not going to stick, and, and a lot of them will stick. Listen, people get caught up in flips, and I get it. You know, if your school flipped a kid, your your coaches are great recruiters, and if your school loses a kid, well, that kid was never loyal anyway, so who needs them, right? Mm-hmm. And I get all that, but at the end of the day, you know, what is it, 95 98% of these kids stay committed, mm-hmm. and, you know, in some instances, when kids flip, it's because the school's like, hey, you may want to check out another school. Um, I, I think, you know, one thing about this coaching staff is they – use a lot of energy in recruiting and building relationships. And sure, Gavin Wimsett didn't make official visits, but he got to Rutgers campus. He got to see places and walk around. And, you know, sometimes when you can walk around, yeah, you can't get into the facilities and all that stuff, but they can take you on the virtual tours. But when you walk around campus, you can see things on your own that, you know, if you're taking one of those guided tours from the school that you may not see. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're going to show you what they want to show you and that's it. So in these kids, it's not like they've been all over the place for the last two years. This is kind of what their existence has been for, you know, 14 months now or 13 months. So they, they, this is how they have to make decisions and that's, that's fine. Uh, you know, they, they can go do that. But, you know, one of the things the kid, you know, the kids can go on college tours. They can't talk to the football coaches, but you know, right. if, if, you know, the school is having regular tours, the, the kid can sign up and go on those tours. So mm-hmm. you, you can do some stuff. Yeah. And I think after being without any kind of tours, even a self-guided one, a campus tour now is probably very welcome to a lot of recruits, especially ones who are just going through this process for the first time. Yeah, they just want to get out and see stuff and and get a look at campuses. And, you know, 
I'll just relay a, a, a quick story. You know, I got a kid in high school and he's not ready to start thinking about college yet. But for spring break, I said, you know what, Let, let's go check out a school in Jersey just so you can see it. And, you know, maybe it'll get you start thinking about college and, you know, just mm-hmm. give you an idea on what's out there. And we went to campus and looked around and, you know, um, I'm not going to say what school it was, but you know, and he's like, ah, you know, I may be, I think I'm going to be looking for a bigger campus than that. <laughs> and so, which is fine. Right. And so uh-huh. for, for kids, that's what, you know, it gives them a feel for what it is and, and you can still see what's in the area and, and stuff like that. And let's be honest, man, if you're a football player though, you don't have much time to be doing a lot of other things anyway. Right. Right. You see the inside of the, the, center wherever you go in Rutgers case the health center and, yeah. and your dorm room you know the yeah, field the right, dorm yeah. room the health center but uh yeah, yeah. I still got you know I still got a while before the campus tours I think I might need a walker when I when I'm taking my, my kids on. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're, gonna want, you're gonna want to drop them off and leave them there <laughs> <laughs> I might forget who I am by that time they have to you know wheel me around but yeah. uh you know uh it's just just a, a a monumental time I think for Rutgers and the fans in general uh you said before this they've been waiting a long time for this um but i guess it's okay to get excited now for the rest of the class because it just seems like everything's on an upward uh trajectory so i i mean what can you tell the fans to you know expect moving forward well i mean i think that this is a level that you want to see them continue to recruit at you know you, you go back and you look at what they did offensively and you know i I tried to break it down after each game to explain what Sean Gleason was doing with mirrors and, you know, the recruits see this, they understand it. And this is supposed to be the building block, right? So this isn't the top, this is still the climb up. So, you know, the, the you, you would hope that the recruiting, will continue with this clip because let's be honest, if you, if you want to compete with the Penn States and the Michigans and the Wisconsin's, this is where you need to recruit, right? You need to get these kind of talented players. Yes. Development is key, but I'll tell you what, man, it's a lot easier to develop a kid who runs a four, four, one than a kid who runs a four, seven, one, right? <laughs> I mean, right. Right. Well, what, but, you know, do just, you know, the more talent you have, the more you can develop usually. Right. Um, and so, but, you know, A, enjoy it, but B, understand that this kind of has to become the norm. And I'm not saying a top hundred quarterback, because I'll tell you right now, if you get a top hundred quarterback in this class, your chance of landing a really highly ranked quarterback in the next class Eh, not so much because they know they're going to be coming in and sitting behind this kid. Right. So, you know, so when you're looking at 23, that has to be kept in mind. Mm -hmm. But I I think you have to say, okay, yeah, I'm excited. And you kind of have to continue it, right? It's like you go back to when Shiano was at Rutgers the first time and everybody was excited about the Insight Bowl. They made the bowl game for the first time. And then the next year they went to the Texas Bowl. And then you're like, well, wait, you're going to the International Bowl up in Toronto, and then you're going to the to the other one in St. Petersburg. Uh-huh. And, you know, if you sat there and you said, man, 
could you imagine like complaining about a bowl game that Rutgers is going to? Right. You, you'd be like, you gotta be nuts. Uh, but you know, so that's what the standard is. It's like, this is where you have to continue to recruit. This is the level you need to, if you want to achieve some of the things that Shiano has talked about, you know, in his press conferences, as far as being great. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great momentum. It, it beats getting the kid that you, you know, that, picked you over you know the the two you know one double a schools or whatever we call them these days you know the the fcs schools but you know it's just part of the climb and the and the building process and just because you got these kids you Mm -hmm. still got to continue to build the depth right and, and you know off to a great start and um you know Owensboro Kentucky I would have never thought they got a four star out of there uh, but you could just see how <laughs> well, much time uh, time here's what here's what I'm excited about for you Bobby this is what mm-hmm. I'm excited now if Wimsat is able to enroll in January I look forward to in a year's time how long somebody asks Bobby how has Wimsat looked in spring practice and is he going to win the job <laughs> well, I believe I believe it will be on the message board about 30 minutes into the first spring practice. It's funny because when Tom Savage was he didn't enroll early in spring practice, but in that spring DC Jefferson and um what was the other kid's name? The Natal were the oh, yeah, quarterback. Yeah. State kid. Yes, and and it was um it was the most miserable spring ever. It was raining every day and Shano kept us outside. <laughs> every day so <laughs> i would hear i would talk to savage and he'd say you know i heard dc's look good i said just relax you know <laughs> <laughs> just relax and you know he did look bad dc i mean you know no, he had actually he had a, a pretty bad spring and then he looked better in the summer but even in that summer when savage came in he stood around and watched for the first week he was a true freshman and Shiano brought him along slowly and even if you remember that first game he didn't start natal started and he was just so terrible in the first half that you know it was savage time but you know, you have to, you have to, point is, you have to kind of wait it out because these are kids that are going to be wide-eyed. Everything moves so fast. You have 22-year-old men coming at you, 300 pounds running, you know, phenomenal speeds. You know, it's a lot different from what you saw in Kentucky. Yeah, and, and you know, you're, you're looking at, though, with the, the advancements made and how you can teach these kids, you know, if you go back and you look at, at what Vedral did last year and look, we know he has his limitations, but he did that without a spring practice. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, who knows how much work they're able to get into because of all the restrictions, but you would hope by the time Winsett rolls in, you know, things will be whatever normal is going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm a Rutgers fan, just, you know what, don't worry about how Wimsett's going to be or who to man. Here's the deal. Supposed to be a decent weekend. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the weekend. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the fact that you have a recruiting class ranked in the top ten, and enjoy the fact that they got a quarterback that nobody thought they would ever be able to get mm-hmm. because he's not a local kid, right? So there, there wasn't that tie. They got this kid because of they made him believe in the offense, believe in the program, and feel comfortable with the coaching staff. And with the class that they're putting together and the program they're putting together with past classes, just go enjoy that. Have a nice weekend and find something else to complain about Monday. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably the best way we could close this out. <laughs> Brian, I, I want to thank you again for your insight. And, and uh, you know, all of you are listening. Thank you. You can stop by and, and chat with myself or Brian on the, on the roundtable message board. Um, we'll see you there. And Brian, we'll do another one soon. And uh, we'll keep the content coming. So we'll see you on ScarletNation.com and the 24-7 Sports Network.